Wow, it's been a while. I think the last time I published an episode was June 10th, and here we are on July 2nd. So for any of you that, you know, haven't forgotten about this, thanks for coming back to listen to another episode of the Dramatic Comedy Podcast. Today is Friday, July 2nd. It's a holiday weekend coming up. I don't know if you're celebrating it on July 3rd or July 4th. Maybe work gave you Monday, July 5th off. Either way, it is a 4th of July weekend, Independence Day, fireworks, maybe. Depending on where you're at, might be too dry for that. But at least I hope you have a barbecue, eat some some steak, some brats, do whatever you got to do. And hopefully you get to blow some crap up because, well, that would be fun so uh let's get into today's episode today again is i'm recording this on friday morning july 2nd and uh let's get rolling on this first letter and you know as utahns somewhere along the way we decided we don't have to pronounce things the same as other people you know, we have a lot of great hikes around here. We don't go hiking in the mountains. We go hiking in the mountains. And we have a city in southern Utah spelled hurricane, but we pronounce it hurricane. And sometimes it's whole phrases we change. We don't say, I need to go to the doctor. We say, here's some essential oils. <laughs> we don't say, I got married late in life. We say, I disappointed my family. <laughs> we don't call it segregation. We call it BYU. All right, coming in off the intro, that is a joke I've been building, and you've probably heard it on on a couple of, I don't know, have I played the whole Utah stereotype jokes on on the podcast before? I don't know. But it's essentially making fun of the words that Utahns say different, like mountains and mountains. You know, creek and crick. And then, of course, I threw the essential oils in there. And then that last line with BYU, and it gets the the crowd to kind of groan. And I've gotten to this point where I is I love a big laugh. I love a big rolling laugh that just keeps going. But almost as much as that, if I can drop a joke that just makes the crowd groan, it's like my favorite thing. Like, there's nothing better than a good groan where even the audience is like, I can't believe he just said that. And I'm not talking about a groan where you say something so gross or just super offensive that's not funny. It's one of those where they're laughing and they know that it's so, like, I don't know. Just one of those where they're laughing and covering their mouth. By the way, sorry for the weird sound today. I'm recording this in my work van because I'm between stops and... I work enough right now that there is not a lot of time to record. So I'm recording this without microphones. I'm recording this into my phone. And if you guys are, you know, interested enough, hopefully what the things I say hold your interest enough for you to listen to the whole episode. If not, the next episode will be better. I've been talking to a few people, have a few guests I'd like to bring on. There was the Zion's Comedy Festival a few weeks ago. Met some good people there that I'd love to bring on and, and talk about the role of sense of humor plays in their life, talk about comedy, talk about whatever. 
also talking to a few other people that are interested in coming on. So this thing's not going away, right? It's not going away, and that makes me happy. You guys don't even know what just happened, by the way. Mid-sentence, I got a phone call, and it interrupted this whole recording. And so now I'm just trying to pick up where I left off. And hopefully if this runs smooth enough, you won't even have noticed the difference. I didn't have to tell you. So, but yeah, going back to what I was talking about, I love telling those jokes that get a groan. Uh, I, I told this one joke one time, and it was kind of a, I was at the office lounge. It was in between Christmas and New Year's, and I was, it was kind of weird. Like, I couldn't wake the crowd up. It was one of those times where I let the crowd kind of dictate my energy. They were kind of, you know, ha-ha, low chuckles, slow to moving. And so that's kind of how I was doing my set. And then I just, I needed something to wake him up. And so I had this joke in the chamber that I had always wanted to say. And I had never said it on stage. And so finally, I was like, whatever, I'm going for it. And the joke is that there are... You know, I'm, I'm going to be 35 next month. I'm approaching middle age and I'm getting older and I can accept that. But uh, there's still some things about my youth that I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful that I am young enough to be able to honestly say that I never once had to eat Wheaties out of Bruce Jenner's box. That's a damn good joke. The double meaning and box, the whole thing with Bruce Jenner and, and his transition to Caleb. That's a fully loaded joke and, and I love it. And I've told it maybe three times behind the microphone and it's gotten the same reaction every time. The crowd kind of, oh, like there's a groan and then it kind of goes into the laugh. And then everyone just tries to think about what I just said and the image I just put in their head. And I love that reaction. However... There's going to be times, I'm sure, where I will cross a line and that groan will not sit well with someone. And it might even be a relative of mine. And one of them is going to come up to me and say, well, what would your mom think of these jokes? Okay, well, my mom also woke me up at two in the morning once to throw a baked potato at a sleeping baby. So... That's the kind of sense of humor I was raised with. And if you think I'm at all exaggerating what I just said, I'm going to tell you the story. Which if you've heard these past episodes, you've heard this story before. But I'm going to tell you this story again. Now before I tell you that story, I need to update you on a few things about my mom. One, my mom invented a sport we call tater winging. Which is essentially... Anytime we had baked potatoes, she would purposely make like 10 extra so that after we ate dinner, we'd take the leftover baked potatoes that we didn't have. And as a family, we'd go hurl them at our friend's house so they would wake up the next morning with smushed baked potatoes everywhere. When she died, I thought it would have been a good idea to have like a, a 21 gun salute, but like with potato guns. That way when we're singing God be with you till we meet again, just every now and then in the background, just thunk, thunk, thunk. Just these big potato guns getting shot off. The other part of the story you need to understand is where we lived when I grew up in this, this cul-de-sac. It had a, an adjacent cul-de-sac. So we 
our fence shared the backyard of the house next to us. It was almost like a mirror of each other's yards. Well, the people who lived in that house, the Hansons, had just had a baby. And their lights were always on. Anyone who's ever had a baby knows sleep's not a very common thing with a newborn. You're up either because the baby's up or you're up because you're so worried about the baby. And that was the case with this family. They had a newborn baby and we noticed that their lights were always on. I'd go get a drink of water in the middle of the night and their lights were on. You could see them. So one night, I'm sleeping in my bed. My bed's in the basement. I'm 14 years old and my mom burst into my room. Middle of the night, two in the morning. Now, if your parent ever burst into your room in the middle of the night, it's nothing good. No parent has ever burst into someone's room at 2.30 in the morning and said, hey, good job on that test today. They're bursting into your rooms because they found something that you were trying to hide or grandma's dead. Like those are the only two reasons they're going to burst into your room in the middle of the night. So instantly I'm terrified. My mom says, hey, come on, go, go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I don't know what's going on. I'm half awake. She takes me up to the backyard and she points to the Hanson's house. And I was like, what is going on? And she goes, the lights are all off. I think they're all asleep. Which was funny in itself, but even I was like, you woke me up at two in the morning for this? And then she hands me a baked potato to throw it at the house. Earlier in the, you know, before I went to bed that night, I was probably out throwing eggs at joggers or hitting mailboxes with a baseball bat. And even I knew to throw a potato at this house at this moment was wrong. So I took the potato and I threw it as hard as I could to the right of the house so the potato would land on the other side of the fence where a field was. And my mom looked at me and she said, you suck, let me try. And then she took a potato and she hurled it at that house. That potato not only hit a window at the house causing a big boom, but she hit the window that was right next to the newborn baby's crib. The potato hit. I can assume that the baby started crying because light started to turn on and you could watch it from one window to the next as it got closer to the hit window. And before I could say anything, my mom was inside running upstairs to hide, leaving me standing in the backyard looking more guilty than Scott Peterson at the Mexican border. And if you don't understand that joke reference, look up Scott Peterson, Mexican border. He killed his wife in the early 2000s and they caught him at the Mexican border with greased back hair. To which he was saying, I wasn't trying to escape to Mexico. Okay. So, again, if I tell a joke that makes a crowd uncomfortable or groan and someone wants to come up to me and say, well, what would your mom say about these jokes? My mom would look at me and tell me, you suck, let me try. And then proceed to tell you her joke about how she thought nurses should dress like casino cocktail waitresses and rather than walk around, you know, the casino offering people if they want to play Keno, they should walk around the hospital 
asking people if they want some chemo. That's an actual joke, she said. Any joke I say on stage, I have no problem saying in front of my parents. Because that's the kind of humor we grew up with. My mom used to say when she died she wanted everyone to not be sad at her funeral, but to do the hokey pokey. Now think about that image. Think about the family standing around the casket of their dead mom going, you put your right hand in, you put your right hand out. Now, clearly she didn't make it that morbid, but she was the type of person that would rather everyone be laughing and happy than sad. This kind of ties into my thing about my last episode about people getting offended or getting offended on the behalf of others. If I ever tell a joke you don't like, I'm sorry you don't like it, but I'm still I'm still going to do it. Now, why did I tell you all that? Well, one, it was on my mind, and two, I've been trying to figure out how to make that whole joke and bit and story work on stage, and it's just not there yet. So I thought maybe if I say it out loud... Maybe something will click, but uh, you guys got to be the guinea pigs for that. So hopefully you enjoyed it and, and something made you laugh on that. All right, let's go to the next segment. All right. One other thing, this isn't going to be a very long episode because like I said, I'm recording this from my work van just in between stops because I have some time to kill and it had been almost four weeks since I've recorded anything and I just needed to get some stuff off my chest. Now I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to throw names around, but in the comedy community here in town, there's been some drama. There's been some drama. There's been some people not getting along. There's been some backbiting and there's been some entitlement. I'm not going to sit here and speculate and, and go after who I think is right and who I think is wrong. Uh, if you follow my new Instagram page, you saw me post a little bit about it. By the way, Comedic Chase. That's my new Instagram. If you want to follow my new Instagram comedy page, that's the one to do it. Comedic Chase. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to go into the details of it. The people who are involved, they know about it. Everyone who needs to know about the details, they know about it. But I just, I want to talk about something and I want it to kind of be reiterated and it's, it's nothing that I haven't said before, but in this community, in, in, in Southern Utah, comedy is still young and it's fragile. What people need to realize is comedy stand up in St. George right now is church ball. It's church basketball. It doesn't matter your skill set. Everyone is welcome. And because everyone is welcome, trying to sit there and compare yourself to what other people are doing on stage is a waste of your own time and energy. And mine. I do it. I have this competitive knack in my brain that says, well, I could do better than that. Or my joke was better. It's there. I'm not saying don't think it, but keep it to yourself, man. We're trying to grow comedy here in Southern Utah, and we're not going to do that if we're jealous. We're not going to do that if we're entitled. We're not going to do that by 
hoping others don't do as well as we do. If you want comedy to continue to grow in this community, you need everyone around you to do well. And you have to put your own ego and your own, what you're in this for for yourself, you kind of have to put that on the back burner. Now, there's aspects that I'm in it for myself, sure, but you can't find one single person in this town where if they've talked to me about a show they have or anything where I have been upset about it. I want them to do well. I want comedy to continue to grow. The most consistent thing in St. George has been Electric Comedy Night, what Val does every month and she busts her ass to do. Val provides stage time for people. She doesn't owe anyone anything other than that. She doesn't even owe you stage time. But she's opened the doors wider than they've ever been. And to take any sense of entitlement, whether you're getting five minutes or 15 minutes, or whether you're doing the open mic, or whether you're getting a paid spot, or whether you're headlining, it doesn't matter. Electric Comedy is Val's brand. It is her business. She can do whatever she wants with it. She doesn't need any single one of us to help support her. She needs all of us. She doesn't need any individual person to carry the load. She needs the community to help support. And that's what needs to happen. And there's times in this business, whether you're here in Southern Utah or in LA or New York or wherever, that people are going to put you on the back burner. You're not going to get an opportunity that you think you deserve, and they're going to give it to someone who might not be as deserving as you. Who cares? You can piss and moan about that, or you just accept it. If someone yells at you or heckles you, or if the producer or Val or, or someone has to get after you a little bit, who that's, that's life, man. That's the way it is. Successful people aren't successful because they're worried about other people's feelings. They're successful because they have a vision to entail. Um, I don't know if you've ever interacted or been around a comedy show two hours before the show where the producer's trying to get things set up, there's, there's sound checks and everything, they're trying to set up tables, they're trying to get the green room set up for the headliner. It's a stressful environment. If you see someone like Val or, or someone who's the owner of a club or something and it's an hour and a half, two hours before a show, just stay out of their way. I mean, if you approach them, fine, but if they're short-winded and don't feel like talking, they've got way too much else to do. And if something like that you take personal and it makes you not want to put yourself out there anymore, that's on you. That's not their fault. If you're that easily influenced and you're that fragile, don't get behind the microphone. So, all right, that's all for my tirade today. Have a good weekend. I was trying to go happy after something like that. Have a good weekend. Happy 4th. We'll get some guests coming up. Hoping to get quite a few episodes going. Hopefully at least 4 in July, 4 in August, and keep this thing growing. Thank you for listening, everyone. 
and we'll talk at you on the next one.